Hello and welcome to the Yarniacs podcast. This is episode 103, which we're recording on Tuesday evening, December 8th, 2015. I'm Gail. And I'm Charlene. And we are coming to you live from the Santa Cruz Yacht Harbor, and it's about 6.30 p.m., and describe the scene before us that is magical. There's a wonderful event that happens every year in Santa Cruz called the Lighted Boat Parade. I'm sure there are lighted boat parades in other harbors as well. And so Gail and I are in the parking lot of the harbor right now, just a couple days after the Lighted Boat Parade, and we're looking at all of the boats that are lit up from the par- you know from the parade it's like a house people turn their christmas lights on in their house well people have turned on all their christmas lights on their boats and so there's all the the masts are lit up some of the boats have decorations on them there's a little dancing santa that we can see on one boat one boat is wrapped in what's supposed to be snow i guess and then it spells out joy along the edge and lights there's stars I see a moon, big snowflakes. There was some reindeer, I think. Right I know. There. I it think is that's a whole sleigh. Beautiful. It is, <laughs> it is absolutely beautiful. beautiful. And of course, they're all bobbing gently because they're in the water, and it is simply magical. It is. It's really nice. Gail said it looked like a scene from Disneyland, it and does. it really does. <laughs> it's really, really pretty. So we won't be seeing any sea otters or sea lions, even though they're out there right now. We yeah. can't see them because it's dark. But oh my goodness. We picked a perfect place. I know, we did. Really nice. And it's about 60 degrees out. It's warm. So it's plenty warm, and it's just a very beautiful night out tonight. Mm -hmm. So coming to you live from Santa Cruz, what are you wearing? (laughs) What am I wearing? I am wearing my Dragonflies Jumper by Hohi Locatelli. I knit this three years ago. I had to look it up, and I cannot believe that I knit this three years ago. That sounds right. Almost to the month. I knit mine in November of 2012, and I have worn this sweater so much. (laughs) This is, out of all of my sweaters, this is my pullover grab-and-go sweater. It's knit in a dark blue that goes with everything, pretty much. And I wear it when it's cold with a long sleeve t-shirt underneath. And it's usually enough to keep me warm. And actually, tonight, I'm a little too warm. Because like Yael said, it's it's actually pretty warm out tonight. So even though I'm a little too warm, I'm wearing it because I was wearing it all day. I wear it indoors and out. And it's made in an odd yarn called Merino Stretch, which has since been discontinued. And may have actually been discontinued even when I knit the sweater. I think it was because I remember trying to find some. Yeah, but I had some in my stash that I had had in my stash for several years. And it's an odd yarn because it is 44% wool, 43% acrylic, and 13% elastic. Hence the name Merino Stretch. It reminds me of maybe Rowan Calmer in the stretchiness. Mm -hmm. That's what we were comparing it to. Yeah, and Cascade Fixation is the other yarn that I can think of that has that elastic stretch factor, although both of those yarns are cotton instead of wool. But the sweater has just been a fantastic sweater. I often wonder if I make another one because this one 
is so well loved at this point. <laughs> it still looks really nice, it, though. It still yeah. looks nice, but I do see where under the arms and along the arms where the arms rub on the body. Have you tried shaving it at all? I have. Or depilling it? A, a couple times I have. But I, I just wonder if I made another one, if it would be the same mm -hmm. or if there's something about there's something about the marriage of this particular yarn with this particular sweater that just I I acknowledge that there's something about it that works so well together <laughs> and I often wonder if I took another yarn that's just wool would it take the same place in my wardrobe as this one has because there's something about because this yarn is so stretchy mm -hmm. it's easy to wear and it, when I say it's my grab-and-go sweater it it fulfills that place in my wardrobe where I could wear a sweatshirt right I completely get yeah it. and so it's that sweater that I grab when I want to look just a little elevated from the sweatshirt level but in the same situations that I would normally mm -hmm. wear a sweatshirt. So I don't know if I made another one, if it would be exactly the same. Well, you could try to find that yarn on a D-stash and or, I vaguely remember I bought some gray of that yarn on a D-stash. Mm -hmm. And I think they made a different version that's almost the same. Yeah, I, I've looked previously but to be honest I didn't like a the lot of colors. the colors that it <laughs> came that. in yeah. yeah so I just I may make another one one of these days in wool it's really a prime candidate to be made over again because I made this one really fast I remember the there was something about the dragonflies pattern I, I should describe this it's a pullover sweater with a, what do you call a crew neck but it has an all-over lace pattern on the body, and then the arms are stocking at. And there's something about this pattern that just begs to keep knitting. You keep going, <laughs> one more row, one more row, one more row. And Gail made this sweater I too. I did. I made mine in row and calmer. Oh, that you did yep, make it in I calmer. Did. Yeah. And I love mine too. I don't wear mine as frequently as you do, yeah. but I do love it. I think if I could find some Rowan Calmer, I could be tempted to make it in Calmer. See, I have the same issue with colors with Calmer, though. Yes. Just, and it's also a discontinued yarn, so right. you have to rely on D-Stash. Right. right. Unfortunately, because yeah. it's a very nice base. Yeah. But that's the Dragonfly's Jumper by Hohi Locatelli. What are you wearing? I was wearing my Gilet Valerie, which is a beautiful cardigan button up on the front with toggles that is cable-licious and it has a hood with a tassel on the end and I knit this a few years ago one of our warm winters where I didn't get to wear it much I think I finished it towards the end of the winter and then last winter it wasn't very cold either so I didn't get to wear it that often it's my now it's my go-to sweater wearing it around the house or even you know walking the dog or whatever it's so comfortable and like you said, you feel just slightly elevated when you wear it <laughs> yeah. as opposed to I'm slumming it in St. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm loving it. And I forgot to write down who the designer is. Shame on me. She's a French designer and I can't remember her name. Hmm, I don't will, remember. Yeah. 
well, I'm sure Charlene will put it in the show notes because she's better at that than I am. But I wasn't planning on wearing this when we recorded because we were going to record tomorrow. So it was a last minute wardrobe change. <laughs> and now it's too warm to wear it anyways. But it's a fabulous sweater. And it was a fun knit too because it had all the cables. It has different cable designs that you keep track of. And, you know, if your mind is in the place for cable knitting, it was a really fun knit. Yeah. So that's what we're wearing. Okay. And I'm so excited for this. What are we stocking? <laughs> what are we stocking? <laughs> so this episode, Gail and I are stocking the same thing. And we've been stocking it nonstop since, since December, December 1st. 1st when it came out. And we are talking about a new collection from Hohi Locatelli called the Authentic Collection. And the Authentic Collection is let's see it is 11 pieces i'm looking at my list here i hope i got this right correct me if i'm wrong two hats three cardigans one cowl three shawls and two pullovers that's indeed correct Does that sound right yep. okay <laughs> and can i read her intro yes please because it's so hokey some words. This is a collection that comes from the heart, from the true desire of designing pieces that speak of who I am, what I like, what I envision my hand knits to be like. It is also a journey of exploration and experimentation, an attempt to prove to myself that with time and confidence, I can make something good that speaks of my country and my origins. These designs are not folkloric. They are authentic in both their simplicity and complexity, like most people from Buenos Aires. Driven by a mixture of influences from all over the world, but still holding our identity close. Strong in character, sometimes shy and sometimes bold, we strive to stay true to our Argentine soul in this world that is becoming smaller and smaller every day. I hope you can find my soul and aesthetics in each of these designs. They speak strongly of who I am. And I can see Hohi in each and every one of these 11 patterns. They are very cohesive. They are is the very right word for this. It is a design collection. And from the color palette she chose to, you know, each garment is obviously different. But you can tell, first of all, you can instantly tell that they're hokey patterns. Mm -hmm. And second of all, they just go together. I just, I love the muted color palette with the two pops of color that she has. And the, the style of this book the collection and the photography and she also did a video lookbook did you watch that i did oh it's so cool so yeah. she this is more i don't want to say artsy per se but the style of the photographs and the video are fantastic i really love the way she and she has another model who are is modeling some of the clothes and i really love the kind of atmosphere they present mm -hmm. with the whole collection and the muted palette is very in keeping with the muted palette from Pantone for 2015, I thought, as well. Not, yeah, necessar not necessarily the same colors. The colors, but just the muted tones. I didn't even think of that, but you're right. And even the undergarments that they have under, for example, the cardigan sweaters are muted. So that when you look at the 11 patterns together on the same page... Again, it's very cohesive. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Very nice. One of the fun things that Gail and I do when we see patterns that we like, we often text each other back and <laughs> forth and say, oh, I love this one. What do you think? Or I love this one. Or I want to make this one. So when this 
collection came out on Ravelry on December 1st, that morning we were texting each other bright and early. <laughs> I, I don't think I can't it'd wait come out more see. than five minutes. Yeah. I can't wait to see the rest of this or I love this sweater. I want to see more views, that kind of thing. And as soon as we both had time to look at the whole collection, we were texting each other names that we liked. And one of the funny things that we noticed was that between the two of us, we're, we want to make the entire collection. Yep. Both of us All liked, 11 patterns. Yeah, there were some patterns that we both liked, but when I made my list and sent her my list, she laughed because her list, they were like opposites. They were. It was very <laughs> unusual for us because as you know, if you've been listening for a long time, we tend to knit the same things. Maybe not at the same time, but eventually we will see what the other has knitted and decided and decide, oh, I simply must have that now right. too. But this one, we were almost polar opposites in what we liked. So that was what fun. was one of your first? That, that was, was very fun. fun. So I picked three that I, I want to talk about of one cardigan one pullover and one shawl that I really liked and so it'll be interesting to see if we talk about the same ones or different ones it will be I'll talk about the pullover that I liked first and that one is puntilla and it is a boxy drop sleeve pullover with lace accents at the cuff and hem very reminiscent of her boxy sweater that has been previously knit by so many people Including us. Including us. <laughs> and me twice. And this one is somewhat reminiscent of it, but not to the extreme size that boxy is. This one is a little brought back in, a little... Less ease? A little, Yeah, less ease. I was going to say more fitted, but it's not. You can't call it fitted. No, it's, it's not fitted shoulder, at all, And yeah. it's still oversized. But it just does not have as much ease as the boxy sweater does. It says 10 to 12 inches of positive ease. Yes. And then this one is also knit differently. I believe this one starts at the back neck, which is a really cool way of starting sweaters that Hohi has been using on a lot of her recent patterns, mm -hmm. whereas the boxy is knit in pieces or in the round from the bottom up. So it's a little bit different. And the fun accent on this one are the little lace trim at the cuffs and at the waist. So it's just like a little bottom lace. hem. Not, yep, yeah, bottom hem. Yes, that's what I mean. Just a little fun pop of color or however, you don't have to make it a pop color, of course, but just a different color edging around there and, and she did I just love it yeah, the body of the sweater itself is done in the uncommon thread in chrome which is a pale blue and then the pop of color the little lace trim is a dark gray it's dirty panther tosh merino light for madeline tosh so it's a very bluish gray light gray body with this dark gray trim and just imagine the fun you could have with different color mm -hmm. combinations with that yeah i was thinking you could even do a slight texture variation too such as if you used a sock yarn applied yarn for the body and then you could use a single ply for the lace i'm pretty sure she did slight, that's that's what i yeah. was wondering oh um, wait no she said the sample was knit using singleton by the uncommon thread singleton implies that it's a single a ply. single ply yeah <clears throat> excuse me but that would be fun just to play around with it see what you get i really love that one 
It's super, super cute. Did you like any of the pullovers? I... Or is that on your list to talk about right no, now? No, <laughs> that one is not on my okay. list to talk about. Okay. So the big, huge you talk about your favorite. favorite of mine is Citadel. Mm. It is a beautifully cabled grandpa-style sweater. <laughs> it is. It's so beautiful. Oh, it's gorgeous. <laughs> it is... How do you describe it? So grandpa style, very oversized, and it has a cable running down the center of each front. It button up the front. Of course, it has a giant shawl collar, which that's my theme lately. And it has a giant, beautiful ribbed, deeply ribbed bottom. And it looks like on this model, it hits about mid thigh on the back. And Trying there's see pockets a full color. worked into that yeah. ribbing too. Yeah, so the, the whole ribbing is so deep that they are actually hidden pockets in that ribbing. Yeah, really nice pockets. And the back has more than one cable motif running through the back. There are at least, I think, three different cable motifs. And the cable motif also runs down the center of the sleeves. And there's a texture stitch that runs everywhere that it looks like stockinette is actually this textured stitch. I think it's called a ladder stitch or something. And it's just so phenomenally pretty. And I have very few sweater quantities of Madeline Tosh Aaron left, which is the super thick worsted that is very, very lofty that I love so much. And when I saw this sweater, I thought, oh, one of my sweater quantities of Aaron. I have one in stovepipe, which is a mm. dark gray. And it is going to become the sweater. I just love the look of the sweater. I hope that it looks as good on me as it does on the model because I'm guessing she's taller than I am. <laughs> and I'm not that tall. So a long sweater like that. Well, you don't have to make it as long. Yeah, if but... If it's knit in the way that I'm thinking, you probably just don't do as many repeats. Yeah, probably because it is knit... So it's worked seamlessly from the top down. It starts at the shoulders. You work the back first and then the fronts. When you reach the armholes, everything is joined and worked in one yeah. piece. So I think you could Yeah, I could just make easily. it as long as I want. Right. But I love the length of it. But I've it been, is a beautiful length. It's but so it's just you just do perfect it proportionally it for yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, this is by far my favorite in the whole collection. And she knit it or the sample is knit in Gloria. It's a Manos del Uruguay superwash merino wool. And the color is a beautiful blue color yeah, that she lovely. used. So, and you can tell it's a hand-dyed yarn. I mean, you can just see the beautiful colorations in it. And I just know it's going to shine in that stovepipe, Erin. So, Citadel. <laughs> <laughs> so, the cardigan that I really adore is called Big Old Coat, mm -hmm. which is another big oversized cardigan coat but instead of cables this one has a textured all over stitch don't you love that name big old coat big old coat yes <laughs> that made me laugh here's an interesting observation there it in the in the area that i work in the in i work at a yarn store and we're in a little complex and there's a few other shops one of the shops in the complex is a trendy Boutique, boutique yeah. type clothing store. Very overpriced. Very <laughs> odd for Santa Cruz. And But they do have very nice window displays, and they always have really pretty things in the window. 
and currently they have a sweater in this shape in the window a big old overcoat type sweater and it is so gorgeous and I was drawn to that sweater and to that window display even before I saw Hohe's version so when I saw her version I immediately thought of that one and how very on trend it happens to be right now of course the one in the boutique was also styled with a nice cowl a a knit cowl I'm sure it was a machine knit cowl oh I've seen but, that sweater in the window yeah. I know what you're talking about yeah. now yeah yeah see you're right <laughs> it's it's it draws the eye it's yeah really pretty. it does so this one reminded me of it and I do have a couple sweater quantities in stash that I need to get color opinions from. Oh, that's sometime. right. You were going to ask me about I was me going about to bring you, but I didn't want to do it at night. We'll yeah, have to do it in the daytime. Because I do have that Madeline Tosh vintage still. You don't think that would be too heavy? I don't know. I just worry that it would yeah. be too heavy. It might be. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Although she used Madeline Tosh MCN in Dirty Panther again. So that yeah. would be the same type yeah. of weight. Yeah. I think for this coat, it's a the weight might be more appropriate than for other mm-hmm. sweaters I have That's looked sure. at before. That's for sure. And so that is a worsted weight sweater. Yes. Thank and you. I did want to mention too, I remember reading Hohe's project page on this one. I'm pretty sure this is the one that she was basically trying to recreate a sweater that she bought a long, long time ago that she wore to death, basically. Yes. And her sister <laughs> wore it and her mom wore it, I think. That's so. right. That's right. Yeah, on the pattern page, she says, You probably owned a sweater just like this sometime. A cozy, oversized sweater coat, eager to become your new best friend. Yep. And did you describe it at all? I can't remember if I did. I don't I think did. you did. It's, it's just, um, well, I did say that it's an oversized cardigan coat with a textured all-over stitch. It doesn't have a collar. It just has a neck band that's ribbed and... Yeah, so it has very interesting textures. It's not stockinette at all. It's interesting. And with it's so oversized, it has these great big drop shoulders that kind of come most of the way down to her upper arm. Yeah, I really really like it. And that's probably my favorite piece in the collection. Is it? Probably. Although I like, there's a shawl I like too. And can I just say one thing? Hohe and her model are stunningly beautiful. <laughs> Holy moly. Some of these pictures, it's like, wow, you guys should be models. Okay. So on to my next favorite? Yes. Okay, so I'm going to deviate from the garments and head over to an accessory. And the accessory that I plan to cast on as soon as I finish Mike's sweater is called Spectrum. And it's a beautiful <laughs> striped two-color. It's not a shawl per se. It is a... I don't know know who she calls it. I would consider it a shawl. Kind of. It's an asymmetrical, asymmetric. It's it's a shawl, but one side is longer or larger than the other side. The other side doesn't come to a point, but it's it's the small end of the triangle. Yeah, so it's almost like an asymmetric triangle, almost. But it is knit tip to tip. Let's see. Where did I see the description? 
even wrote it down somewhere, an array of stripes gently transitioning from one color to the next one while creating a mesmerizing series of chevrons. So she used Madeline Tosh Spectrum, which is a beautiful rainbowy blue, amazing colorway, striped with Silver Fox, which is a very light gray, silvery kind of gray. What a fun combo. Oh my gosh, it's amazing. <laughs> and so she, the way she blends the colors isn't totally predictable. So it gives it a little variety in the way you look at it. It doesn't quite stripe exactly the way your eye expects it to. And then with the odd shape at the end, it's just really a gorgeous piece. And I can totally see the way I wear shawls that this would be an yeah. easy one to wrap around. I, I agree. And I as soon it. as I saw it, I thought, oh my gosh, I know exactly what I'm going to knit I was going to ask, are you going to buy Spectrum? No, I'm it? not no? because okay, I have... Use? So I even wrote this down because I was so proud of myself. It was such a deep stash. So I have a skein of Desert Vista Dye Works Gradient that I bought in 2012. Oh, okay. It is the two Knitlet Chicks colorway, so oh, it's teal okay. gradient. Uh -huh. And then I have a skein of Knitted Wit. It's that gray speckled, or not speckled, sparkly yarn I bought in oh, yes. 2011, I my remember. very first stitches. I remember. So I'm going to stripe that gradient teal oh, nice. with the sparkly gray. And she said, so the the yardage is about 675 yards, 420 yards. And she said, you basically use the entire skein. So make sure you check your gauge if you don't want to run out of yarn, I think. And that was the spectrum blue. She used the entire skein and then about 250 yards of the contrast color. So I know I'll have plenty because that Desert Vista Dye Works gradient is actually a much larger, not much larger, but I think it's like 475 yards or something. Uh -huh. So I know I won't run out even if my gauge is a little bit bigger. And it is a garter stitch. Sorry, I didn't say that. So it's really, really just, it's going to be one of those things that I can put on that makes me feel a little bit stylish. Which so is, do you think I could use the gradient I bought this year at Stitches? I thought of that. So Charlene and I each bought this amazing gradient fresh from the cauldron is the dyer it, yes and it's a beautiful pink to almost a natural to a purple mm -hmm. and i don't know i want to save that skein for myself for something <laughs> that doesn't mix another color in oh. i just think it'll be more dramatic without yeah. a second color mixed in i have to think about that i'll look at it I'll unless you like a out. seriously highly contrasting yeah like i'll have to pull that out and see what I think. Oh, fun. Yeah, so see, yeah, we're all, we're fantasy knitting. We're as fantasy we knitting. So that's the Spectrum shawl, scarf, wrap, whatever you want to call it. That's just really pretty. So the other shawl that I really loved is called Hoo Hooey. Is that how you pronounce it? I believe. That, yeah, that would seem right. Hoo Hooey, spelled J-U-J-U-Y. Fancy okay, see. Um, I think it is. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> Hoo hooey. It's a place, I believe, in Argentina. I will tell you. When I, I don't know for sure, page. but I believe it's a place. Scrolling, yes, scrolling, the wedges scrolling. of subtle colors and texture blended in this crescent-shaped shawl remind us of the magnificent sceneries of the northern provinces in Argentina. Perfect. So this shawl is a lot of yardage. It is. A lot of her shawls are, but they're worth it. Yeah, so this snuggly. one is a lot. She says between 1,000 and 1,200 yards. Now, I haven't studied the pattern, so I don't know 
why there's such a big range in there. Maybe there's two sizes. I'm not sure. But it takes three colors. And hers is done kind of in a pale to a middle tone and then the darkest tone with the lace edge, which is a pale, which is not pale, but it's a, a gray blue. I want maybe it's black. But the middle tone is a very pale gray brownish color. She actually calls it pink. Oh. So the sample was made using twist sock by orange flower. And the colorway is cottage white, which is off-white, Phoebe, which is pink, and artisan sock by hazelnuts and quill, which is charcoal. Oh, interesting. Because yeah. I guess now that you say that's pink, I can kind of see that kind of, maybe it's yeah, a pale yeah. pink. But from it's one of those colors that from far away or in in the photograph you can't really tell. If you blur your eyes, you can totally yeah. imagine that being like a mountain, like a mountain in the mist or something. Those colors. I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah. <clears throat> it's, it's really, really lovely. So there's some lace in there, some garter stitch, and then the edging is lace. Lots of short rows, I think. Oh, he loves her short rows on her shawls. And I love her shawls with short rows. And it's very large, as you can imagine, with that much yardage. It says that it is 78 inches from side to side. Mm -hmm. So it reminds me of my Echoes of Color. It's probably the same type of size because that's about the same yardage. And it's, so it says the mess, sorry, the mesh sections are introduced as wedges with the use of short rows. So those mesh, the lace meshes, short row wedges mixed with garter stripes and then a garter solid edge bottom with the little picos so pretty love it yeah this one was on my list too <laughs> well and i have some beautiful colors of tosh merino light that would just be mm -hmm. fantastic in yeah this. yeah i only worry that tosh merino like like the dark color would bleed into oh. the other colors that's one of the big paranoia things that yeah. keeps me from using that in a striped shawl. But anyway, sorry. Yeah. That was a diversion. <laughs> so any others that you wanted to mention? Any honorable mentions? I like the hat. <laughs> a girl thing. It's oh, I like the hats. I almost don't hat. mention the hats because I get so overwhelmed by the sweaters. And then the hats kind of fall by the wayside. But they're not any less than the sweaters. You know, they're I love different. them equally. Uh -huh. But I get so overwhelmed by the sweaters that I want to take a, talk about the sweaters. It's because we're time. sweater knitters yes. for the most part. Yeah. yeah. But this hat is called a girl thing and it's super cute it is fingering weight striped so the brim is a solid color bottom up and then it's striped in two colors and then she has a pop of bright yellow leaf like lace at the top of the hat and it's just super super it's cute. very cute and she said we just can't help it any excuse is good enough for making yet another pretty beanie who can resist some stripes and a pop of lace at the top and then I think she also says it's never cold enough. Yeah, it's never cold enough to wear a hat over here, but who cares? <laughs> so it's just super cute. And it actually kind of reminds me of her three-color cashmere cowl. Oh, yeah. It's kind of the same feel to it. I can see that totally now yeah. that you say that. And I can see this being a go-to hat for not only wearing, but also for knitting, because you could totally use up stash like leftovers mm -hmm. in fingering weight, especially Absolutely. for the pop of color at the top. And it would be super easy to knit this in two colors instead of three, too, I was thinking. You know, if you wanted to totally right. go for it with different color combinations, yeah. or I was even thinking with my fascination of all things rainbow lately, uh -huh. that would be super fun to do the stripe in a rainbow 
gradient or just different color stripes of leftovers from stash or yeah it'll be one of those projects that will be really fun to see all the variations on Ravelry yeah and then the the lace at the top it's really pretty how the decreases it doesn't really twist it's not really a spiral at the top but it's just really pretty I love the way the lace comes together at the tip top of the crown of the head yeah super pretty so Hohi, you have outdone yourself once again. <laughs> so I wonder how long it'll take us to knit all 11 patterns. I know, it'll us. be fun to see. Well, I I've already it. scoped out Citadel being one of my self-indulgent knits. I'm trying to pick which one I want to do too. I'm, yeah, I'm trying to pick. Well, I'll just say that. <laughs> I decided that it should be a self-indulgent knit because one, the yarn base is my favorite. Mm-hmm. Two, it's one of my last remaining sweater quantities of a yarn that isn't that dyed love. anymore yeah. by Madeline Tosh. And three, it'll be cold enough to both knit it and wear it yeah. that early in the year. If I wait too much longer, then it won't be cold enough That's to ever exactly wear it. exactly it. I, I was thinking about the big old coat and trying to decide, well, do I really want to take on that project in January when maybe it by the time I finish it, it might be too late to wear. No, so if you start in January, you'll have it. time to wear it. Is Hopefully. How I'm, that's what I'm hoping. Exactly. Hopefully. It should still be cold. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Yeah. <laughs> but, and the other thing is that most, I was thinking about it, most of my sweaters knit with my Aaron base are Hohe sweaters. Mm. It's like a base that I save for those sweaters that I just <laughs> love, love, love. And then they end up being Hohe patterns, of course. And I've been wearing mine lately. One of them is my Jenica hoodie and the other is my Gather Together. Mm. So they've been in high rotation when it's chilly enough out mm-hmm. to wear sweaters and I'm taking the dog for a walk. So very cool. So that's what we're stocking. All things Hohe. Yes. Thank you very much, Thank Hohe. you, Hohe. Beautiful collection. Yep. And what have you been knitting? I have been knitting, well, two things. I finished a major project, so I've just been working on shawls. I have still been occasionally working on my secret garden shawl, but not too much because basketball season is in full swing and the Warriors have now won 22, I want to say. I can't remember. They just won one an hour ago. <laughs> so Undefeated 22 games so in a row, right? So I can't remember what they're up to. It's 22 or 23. I'm not even a basketball fan, and I'm impressed. (laughs) (laughs) So Secret Garden is knit with a chart, and I haven't been able to knit with a chart while I'm watching basketball games. So I've switched over, and I the other shawl that I'm working on is called the Nakahi shawl, and that is a shawl by Francois Denoy, who is a member of our Ravelry group. Yeah, a Rohan knits. Yes, and so the Nakahi shawl is a temporarily free pattern on Ravelry that caught my eye because Francois knit hers in a multi-colored speckled yarn, and I just happened to have a skein of speckled <laughs> yarn in my stash that I acquired back in February from Western Sky Knits when we were at Stitches West. And I have been just aching to use this yarn, <laughs> but I haven't been able to figure out what to do with it. And that is just me. Not that there's any any problem figuring out what to do with speckled yarn, but this yarn was... You're just waiting for the right project. It had it had moved from that stash place to that place 
where yarn moves to where it's almost too special to, to use. use. I get it. <laughs> because get it. you want the absolute perfect pattern for it. And so I've gone back and forth and I've looked at so many patterns and I, maybe I'll do this, maybe I'll do this. And it was that, what did we, what did we use that phrase before? Um, indecision or oh, analysis paralysis. Analysis paralysis. Mm-hmm. That's definitely what had happened with this skein of yarn because too many beautiful choices but for some reason this one caught my eye and I had been thinking about the yarn and like I said the sample was knit in a speckled yarn and she the designer mentioned in the blurb about the pattern that she designed it for a multicolored yarn because even though the pattern might seem a little bit busy it's repeated throughout the shawl there's no sectioning of the shawl where you need to really see the pattern this just repeats and it works it works really well so it caught my eye I started it right away and I'm loving working on it and it's something that I can knit while I've been watching basketball and this one like that hohi shawl it has one narrow end and one wide end although it's got um I can't tell that from the pictures I want to say teeth kind of points I guess it's Mm -hmm. got a few points along one edge as well but yeah one end is narrow and one end is wide I didn't realize so it's going to be really fun to wear so is it knit end to end yes you increase as you go yes okay got it here in this picture see I can't really I wouldn't have known that if you hadn't said it oh it just looks like like oh now I can tell it's it's not exactly you know moving down to a very straight point because it's got these points along one side but one end is smaller now this isn't the end the the end is dangling down yeah i can tell now but it gets small and then the nice thing about the end too is it kind of curls yeah i like that about so that's really crescent shape yeah the way that they do that yeah and then this side is much wider and it doesn't seem to be curling but really fun you just said something a second ago that's had me smiling ever since you said too many beautiful patterns to pair up with yarn what a blessing from yes. our craft right i mean oh my gosh too many beautiful Definitely. things to knit and too many beautiful years never too many but you know what yeah. we mean so what are you knitting so those are the only things mm-hmm. wow i finished something and i i have that empty spot that i need to waiting to fill to fill but i think i'm gonna knit a couple gifts before i start something my next big project might not be until december or January. Wow. I might wait to cast on the next sweater. We'll see. Gotcha. Yeah, it's that time of the year. It's kind of hard to cast on new things. So I am still knitting Mike's sweater, The Longfellow by Michelle Wang. And I had diligently decided I'm going to only exclusively knit on Mike's sweater. And I was frantically working on the sleeves. And I, well, I shouldn't say frantically, but you know, when you're focused and you're monogamously knitting and you're making serious progress. And I pulled one of those just things where you wanted to smack yourself because you think, what was I thinking? I'm an experienced enough knitter that I shouldn't have done this. Well, I kept cranking out on the sleeves for like three nights and then was sitting next to Mike on night number four. And I said, oh, hold out your arm so I can make sure the sleeve fits. And of course, you know, I'm knitting them two at a time and they were about 11 inches long and they don't fit them at all. They're so tight. They don't even fit me. I didn't even thought to check them on myself. So you know, it's totally my fault. I had to rip four days worth of knitting. Mm. 
So as of today, I am back to where I started when I ripped out because I've used up all the yarn. I rewound onto the skeins. So I've measured them and they're about 12 and a half or 13 inches and I'm still increasing. I have checked them on him and they do fit and I have to knit to 18 and a half inches before I start decreasing for the sleeve cap. So I still have a significant amount of knitting to go, but it's manageable now. And I've already seamed both shoulder seams. I've seamed one of the side seams on the body and part of the other side seam. So because this, I'm using a very, very dark navy yarn and I'm only seaming in small batches in the brightest light possible <laughs> in the house. And I'm being very careful about it and very, I have a tendency to, okay, I'm gonna seam now and I'm gonna seam until I'm done. And that just would be foolish. One, I'd go blind and two, I would be very frustrated. So Josie was making cookies as I was seaming on Sunday. And I said, okay, I just finished the side seam. I think I need to stop for a while. And she said, that's very smart mommy because you know it's gonna happen. You're gonna get frustrated and then you're gonna make mistakes and then you'll be mad. <laughs> so <laughs> she's a very wise child. Well, I'm not child anymore. So that's the long fellow. I will, I'm going to commit to by the next time we record that baby's gonna be done. Cool. So wow. Yeah, it's that close. I mean, you know, you get that momentum going and it's pretty much all I'm working on and I just can taste being done. <laughs> okay, so the other thing I was analyzing, you know, you knit and you, your mind starts going in weird places. I haven't knit that many sweaters this year. I mean, I've I knit haven't a, either. Yeah, compared compared to a lot of knitters, I've knit a lot of sweaters. I've I've really slowed. I I feel like I this was a I don't, I don't Our want to Our sweater say a mojo was at a low. Yeah. 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 So we both have knit a lot of sweaters, but for us, we've knit fewer than normal. Well, I know now why that is. I've had Mike's sweater hanging over me all year long. And I don't mean that in a negative way because I love him very much and I love knitting for him and I know he'll really like his sweater. But it's obligation knitting mm -hmm. and it's yes. tedious knitting and it's not what I'd prefer to be knitting. So I know I have not knit other things because, oh, I really need to finish Mike's sweater. I shouldn't start mm. that. So I have this backlog of like six sweaters I want to knit right away when I'm done. Like, as soon as I'm done with Mike's sweater, there are so many things I'm going to cast on. So I th I'm blaming my low sweater mojo on that phenomenon. But like I said, the end is in sight. And I've also cast on two hats. I cast on a trickster today, which I knit before. That's a beautiful hat by Elizabeth Doherty, who's participating in the Indie Gift Along. And I cast on the Milanese Lace Topper, which is a free pattern by Tante Elm. And that is, they're both worsted weight. And I'm using Madeline Tosh Spectrum in the DK Twist base for Trickster. That's going to be a gift. And the Milanese Lace Topper, I'm using Jilly Dream in Color, which is a single ply fingering, but I'm holding it doubled because that's a worsted weight hat as well. And that's going to be for my friend Melissa for Christmas. So nice. yeah, two gift hats on the needles. And those were meant to be my distraction knitting, but I'm not letting myself get distracted. That's how focused I am. So that's what I'm knitting. And you know what? They're all blue. I have oh, wow. three blue things on the needles, which is kind of annoying. They're all, they're all <laughs> beautiful yarns, mm -hmm. but I don't have anything pink on the needles right now. It's kind of driving me crazy. That's funny. Because I certainly remember when all your projects have been pink. Mm -hmm. Or I've always had something pink yeah. in the rotation. You're going through a blue phase. 
Well, they're all gifts, so it's not necessarily... A phase. Yeah. Well, it kind of is. Yeah, but I knew each of them wanted blue. Yeah. So, and I'm knitting for others, therefore, that's how it goes. So what have you finished since the last episode? We've been busy. We have been one big epic project, my true sweater. Another cardigan from Hohila Catelli. (laughs) I have to say... Gail and I, when we first started our podcast, we were all about Hohi Locatelli. Mm-hmm. Every mispronouncing every, it, yes. And every episode, we were always knitting something by her. And it's not that we we didn't necessarily stop knitting her projects because we both have continued, but we've been knitting a lot of other things too. And it was a conscious decision. It, we we've made been this we've year. been trying to enlarge our horizons mm-hmm. and share other designers with our listeners and to and for our own sake as well. and for yeah. our own sake yes yeah. but i have to say there's something about coming back to all these hoi lagatelli patterns that feels very comforting and it feels like we've come home a little bit it makes me happy to her patterns are well written they're always styles that look good on me that i wear and i tend to pick yarn that i love and and there's, there is, go, there's something know? about that. It's her styling and just the sort of lifestyle that she designs for there you go. fits with our, our lifestyle. lifestyle. That's very true. Because when you look at the styling for this authentic collection that we've been talking about, a lot of the other clothing that is worn with the knitwear, they're jeans, they're just t-shirt i shouldn't say just but they're t-shirts casual casual clothing and it's a lifestyle it fits in for us yep so that's enough said (laughs) anyway my true sweater by hohi locatelli the pattern was released in january that was this year that was yes and I think I mentioned this when I was stocking it previously that Gail and I saw the sample at Stitches this year. And when I saw it, I immediately fell in love with it. It's another big sweater knit from the top down with very interesting construction. And this one is done in ribbing and straight stockinette, large swaths of straight stockinette which is part of the reason why i finished this sweater so quickly and i really really, i really finished this sweater quickly i think i was i am so impressed i think i figured out i looked at the dates and it was i think i I wrote down two and a half weeks yeah i was gonna say it couldn't have been more than two weeks because you i mean it seemed like by the time i knew you'd cast it on you were already past the (laughs) Join for the arms, and I was stunned. I wrote it down, but when I say it out loud, that no, you doesn't really did. sound right. You Two did. And a half weeks? Wow. Okay. Because the reason I'm surprised is because it's about 1,300 yards. I was going to say, yeah, that's what surprised me so much, is you it, were just flying. Yeah. It, I used the Abstract Fibers Rothko that Gail and I both, per, both purchased at Stitches West this year, and they came in these jumbo skeins of 700 yards and I had two of those and we were initially I was initially worried that maybe I didn't quite have enough and I wouldn't be able to finish this sweater and I had 
just enough. I think I still have a little bit. I don't know how many yards. If I have 1,300, I must have at least 100 yards left, probably a little bit more. Wow. So it was just perfect. In fact, when I did mine, I left the pockets off because oh, it's a I wasn't, good thing you did. Yeah, I wow. wasn't sure that I would have enough to do the pockets and I wanted I chose the length of the sweater over the pockets and I think I chose right. Yeah, really just last like episode we were talking about how you thought you could have done the pockets because you seem to have so much yarn left. Right. And so I, you chose wisely. To, yeah. I'm sure the skeins I think the skeins were actually a little bit more than 700 it was 700 740 yeah. yeah so i may have a little bit more than i may have closer but not to enough 200. for pockets maybe not yeah so. either way it worked out and no closures so it makes it easier to finish because it's a big open front sweater one of the pictures on the pattern page how oh, he has it closed with one of those stick pins you can ease a shawl type pin you can easily do that but it's lovely I love I it. I can't wait to see it. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet because, you know, it's dark. So I didn't, didn't bring, bring it with her because it's dark and I want her to see it in its full yeah. glory. So I'm excited. So that is my only thing that I have finished. What have you finished? I also finished my Hohe cardigan. I finished my <laughs> Ecuador cardigan. And it is beautiful. Oh my goodness. I don't know still if the color is my color I'll get opinions on that when I start to wear it I literally just took it off the blocking wires on Sunday nice. and it's just it's really really pretty the modifications I made are on my project page and I've talked about the construction several times and how unique it was so I won't go into that again but it was a really fun knit and I it wasn't as many yards as yours but it also went by really quickly mm -hmm. I think it ended up being about 1100 yards yeah, but you did knit that one quick too. Yeah, and I was knitting other things in between. So it's going to be beautiful and wonderful in our climate mm -hmm. when it's, you know, appropriate to wear mm -hmm. it again. Although I can see myself easily wearing it over a long sleeved shirt because it's a circle sweater. So you have a lot of fabric around yourself. So it will be warm that way. Yeah, I think it will be. But it won't keep my arms warm because I did yeah. short sleeves. Yeah. And I had intended to do short sleeves all along. So really really like it super happy with it and i also finished a couple small things i finished the elf baby hat by robin weldon who is one of the indie gift along designers and i spoke about this in stocking last episode and i used almost a full skein of koigu pppm for that and i used a it's basically a light blue with specks of all sorts of different color blues and it's so pretty and it's for sophie my friend in France who is pregnant and due in February. So this is a hat for her baby. I finished my checkerboard mitts by Helen Stewart and I spoke about those on the last episode. They're super pretty and I used the Shalimar Breathless Kush yarn which is the merino cashmere silk bulky yarn that is swoon worthy and those are so cushy and delightful to wear. And I also finished six of my log cabin square borders oh, so i have six to go and then the seaming and i know i will get that done before the end of the year as well so the focus right now is mike sweater then i'll focus on the log cabin squares and those the, i was surprised that the edging was going as quickly the border as quickly as it did i expected it to take much longer i don't know why mm -hmm. but they were going pretty darn quickly 
So I'm very happy with how those look and the idea of getting that done by the end of the year is super happy too. I did, I think I've mentioned several times that I was considering giving it to Max for Christmas. Well, (laughs) I said that to him the other day just to kind of feel him out. And he said, oh, um, please don't do that. (laughs) Oh, really? He said, yeah, you know, it's really pretty and all, but they're really not my colors. And I said, yeah, I kind of didn't think so. He said, they're not bright enough. So when it's time to knit Max a make a blanket, I will bring him yarn shopping and we will choose it together. So go for the neon. He's a picky kind of kid. So yeah, yeah, lots of cool knitting has been taking place. Yay. Now I wanted, I have a couple random things. You know how throughout the two weeks between episodes, we have like texts. Yes. We get volley back and forth with random things that we come across. Well, I don't know how many of you know about the Athleta brand of athletic wear. It's a Gap company, and I happen to love a lot of their clothes. And I get their catalogs, even though I hardly buy any of their clothes because they're really pricey. But they have the most gorgeous sweaters right now in their catalog. And I wanted to just mention that. And if anyone's interested in just looking at it's a gauge of kind of the current style in knitwear. Mm-hmm. So it's just interesting to... Well, the cover sweater. Yeah, the cover sweater is an open... Coat. Yep. It's much finer gauge than Hohe's, and I think it's way longer. It's down past her knees. But it's got the ribbing. Yep. And open, front. open front. And there's a sweater in here that's almost identical to Ease, which Charlene and I have both knit. There are several really pretty sweaters a lot of them are cashmere thus the like i said a little out of my price range but some really really pretty sweaters and charlene and i had a back and forth about these are even dresses knit dresses in here and we were talking about oh i would wear that i would wear that (laughs) and it's one of those things where then i go on to ravelry and i try to find similar patterns but if anyone's interested in kind of a look into today's knitwear styles athleta's online um lookbook type of thing is an interesting place to look so i just wanted to mention that and look what we got in the mail today from stephanie our friend stephanie who is soulmate on ravelry oh last week colors for 2016 pantone's Pantone's colors colors, plural of the year and they are rose quartz and serenity so there's rose quartz is a very very pale pink and Serenity is a very, very pale blue. It's a lavender blue. It's it? not a clear blue. Oh, you're right. You're right. It's a very lavender blue. And the pink is a very... I want to say... It's not... To me, it's not a traditional pale pink. It's not, It's got a little... It's got a little gray in it. A little black in it. Maybe. <sighs> to me, know. they speak baby. And that's what the complaint is. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think that it's baby pink and baby blue. I don't see that, especially in the blue. But it'll be yeah. interesting to see how the colors are used in fashion. Because they're very muted, very what I tend to have called Easter eggy colors. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say they're kind of <laughs> Easter or that's almost a cornflower or periwinkle blue. Yeah. As opposed to a pale blue. Mm -hmm. But Stephanie sent, this is the personal journal section of the Wall Street Journal that had Thursday, December 3rd is the date. And it had just this this, uh, 
section on the Pantone colors. And today I got this thing in the mail. There was no card or anything inside. And I knew because <laughs> it was from Sonoma that it was from Stephanie. But there have been some comments in our, in our chatter thread as yeah. well. People, it was cute that they heard that this, the colors were announced last week yeah. and they instantly went yes. to our board. Yes. They're like, we think of, of the Yarniacs when we think of Pantone colors. Yes. What does everyone yes, think Maggie of these colors? Said that. I thought that was great. It was fun. I do find the colors very soothing, very calming. That was one of the, I believe that was one of the comments that I read on the Pantone site, that they're very soothing colors. Mm -hmm. So it'll be interesting to see how they're incorporated and how they're used. And somebody posted there today that the whole reason for picking the two colors was it was to bring the two genders together. And there's been a lot of gender issues and gender discussion in the news and they wanted to bring focus to that sort of thing right so it's not just a reflection on fashion at all it has a very clear underlying social message to it as well which is very interesting interesting. it is yeah it is so we'll see how I'm, i'm very curious to see if we see them used in fashion at all maybe it will appear in other ways i don't know paint colors or something we'll We'll see see soon so thank you stephanie (laughs) and then yeah go for it i've got something what are you swatching i have been swatching i i also swatched one of the shalimar yarns that we received to talk about this one is shalimar yarns airy and it's a single ply fingering 420 yards to 113 grams or four ounces a skein Ooh, I'm I made <laughs> I made a little swatch slash coaster out of mine, and the fiber content is seventy percent superwash merino, twenty percent mohair, and ten percent silk. Interesting. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. yeah. Usually care for mohair because the fibers irritate mm-hmm. my eyes, but yeah. oh, is this so? It is, and so wow. Texture-wise, it's very smooth and, as Gail mentioned, very soft. Sheen-wise, it's interesting. I had a little bit of an observation about that because with 10% silk, you get a little bit of sheen. But the interesting thing to me is that when you looked at the yarn on the skein, the skein looked a lot, or the skein, the yarn in the hank or the skein had a lot more sheen than the knitted fabric did. Well, that's interesting because even in this dark light, so we have one car light on in the car and then surrounding street lights, I can see a sheen. Yeah, there's a little bit of a sheen, but when you look at it on the hank, it's shinier. It's even more. So, okay. Which is interesting. And that I is interesting. Think, Why would it be less? Well, I have than... a theory about that. Um, I'm thinking that it might be because of the mohair and the way I treated this swatch, and I'll talk about that more in a little bit. As far as density goes, and remember, density is just Galen. It's our random, arbitrary. (laughs) Personal, random, arbitrary word. It may not be the correct word, but the... How thick it feels, kind of. Well, the the range, yeah. The range is something that's drapey, like 100% alpaca, going on the other end to something that's super lofty like kid silk haze is lofty or just feathery ethereal kind of thing and this one is quite drapey Mm -hmm. i think it would benefit a pattern 
that is loose, hanging, has a little bit of extra fabric, maybe not necessarily something that's fitted. That has inherent drape built into the, yeah, the pattern itself. Yeah. Like something that or... you want a little mm -hmm. fabric hanging, draping, I should say. It sounds nicer than hanging. It is. <laughs> right. And then the fuzz factor, okay, this one is very fuzzy, mm -hmm. that mohair causes a lot of fuzz, both before but especially after washing. Now, the label says that you can machine wash or hand wash, so I happen to be doing a load of laundry. Oh. I threw this into the washing machine, no protective covering, I, it's a swatch, mm -hmm. slash coaster, so I just threw it in. Into with, a regular load? Into a regular load, just to see what would happen. If it if it came out ruined, it's like I said, it's a it's swatch, a swatch, slash coaster, who cares? So, and I wanted to see what would happen. I did not dry it in the dryer, I laid it out flat, and it definitely became fuzzy, but... I can't tell that I'm through a washing machine. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't necessarily think it became fuzzy in a bad way. No, you can kind of see it more. She has garter stitch around the edges and stockinette in the middle. And I can see more fuzz in the garter. Yeah. But yeah, you can't tell that one through a washing machine at all. I'm yeah. impressed. I mean, if I were to use it for a garment, I would probably hand wash it, to be honest. But it it's not bad. And... One of the benefits, I think, of having that fuzz and having the yarn bloom in such a way is that it really fills in the holes and it makes your stitches look really nice They're and very even. Yeah. yeah. The stitches very look nice fabric. very nice and even, even if they weren't so before. It just fills in the holes in a nice way. Is that why the sheen is lessened, do you think? That's what, th yeah. now that's what I was thinking. Perhaps I think you're just right. because of the fuzz factor, mm -hmm. maybe it looks a little less shiny. Well, that makes sense because the fuzz is going to reflect the light differently, right? Yeah. So it's going yeah. to naturally disperse some of the light yeah. from the sheen factor. Yeah. Hmm. So as far as wearability, I would say be careful with this one possibly next to skin. I don't know. I think the mohair factor might be a factor in whether you can wear it next to the skin. A lot of people can't wear mohair next to the skin. And if I put this next to a single ply that's 100% merino or a single ply that is silk and merino such as that western sky knits yarn mm -hmm. that i used a little while back i still had my swatch of that in my knitting bag and i was holding them both and feeling them this one does feel to me a little bit scratchier hmm. just the mohair it, it feels soft yes but be cautionary with the mohair i think if if you have that sensitivity mm -hmm. a lot of people don't some people do you could put one in each side of your bra yeah <laughs> yeah so that if you have a mohair sensitivity just, i re recommend that you do yeah that. it's just something to be aware of it may not be a factor at all but just some like i said just be aware of it blocking i the only noticeable change that i had when blocking was an increase in the fuzz Oh, it didn't change the stitch count. It or didn't gauge seem at all. to say change the size or the gauge, and nothing, nothing in terms of biasing at all either. 
It looks really nice. It's pretty. Kept its shape. And then value, I'm not sure what the selling price is for this yarn. I looked on the um, the Shalimar Yarns website and the only mention of Airy I could find was that it was part of the of, a, of one of their clubs called the Indulge Me Club. Oh. And it says that it wasn't going to be shipped. If if this the page that I'm looking at was current, and I think it was, I think it wasn't going to be shipped until February as part of their club. It was confusing to me because it said winter 2015, but the winter that's coming up, wouldn't that be winter of 2016? Because winter starts December 21st of 2015 so most of winter would be in yeah. 2016 so yeah i'm not sure i if i think if i'm looking at the current page then it looked like it wasn't going to be shipping in, in the club until february so it, i don't so think it's available really advanced yet. Preview. yeah i don't think it's available yet <laughs> and then gail and i have a skein of the airy and a skein, what was the yarn? Thing? Breathless Kush. Breathless Kush. We have two skeins of those One of that each. we are going to be giving away and we'll put, we'll start a thread for each of those. We'll put a photo too so that if you're interested in this, they're both, the Breathless Kush is bright red and this one is a autumnal, Very autumnal reddish yeah. brown gold tones. So this way you can put your name in for either or either or, or, both. or both if you're mm -hmm. interested. But there are colors that may or may not appeal to you. So. Yep. And the Breathless Cush's Radio Flyer is the name of the color. Yes. Right? So yes. it's a beautiful red. Yes. And then this one, I didn't use much of the second skein. So actually, I'll probably throw that one in too. So oh, so you'll have a sizable amount a of yarn. A sizable amount yeah. of yardage, yeah. And the Breathless Cush, I think, was 120 or 140 yards. It's the bulky weight mm -hmm. skein. So. Yeah, enough for a hat. Yeah, or the mitts that I did. Oh, that's so. right. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Multiple uses. So... So we are already at an hour and five minutes, which is a little long for us, but we wanted to do just a little brief chatter on the idea and subject of knitting in literature and pop culture. This is kind of a preview of the next episode, and that's all we're gonna tell you. But if you haven't heard of Craft Lit, it is a fabulous podcast by Heather Ordover that has been going for many, 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 many years. And Heather Ordover does audiobooks and she talks about them in the context of knitting and crafting and she's a literature professor I believe or was a literature professor and she does a great like literature perspective of what she's reading and the best example I think of knitting and literature would be Madame Defarge <laughs> which is a character in Charles Dickens book The Tale of Two Cities which she did in Craft Lit and did very very well. That would be probably one of the most classic knitting figures in literature. Yeah. That story definitely had knitting in a more prominent part of the story, but I can think of some, well, one in particular, where although knitting was not a prominent part of the story, there is a part in the Harry Potter series where mm -hmm. Hermione knits elf hats. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And isn't it Mrs. Weasley who knits the sweaters and for everybody? And Mrs. Scarves? Weasley knits, and that is definitely pop culture. Mm -hmm. And Jane Austen has a lot of knitting in her fantastic novels. 
I um, also Agatha Christie. Miss mm. Marple apparently is a big nerd. I've only read one or two of those books, yeah, and I, I didn't realize that. But some of the pop culture references, New Girl is a series oh, that's on TV, that, yes. and there's a there's knitting mentioned rather frequently in that in a very funny way. There are some animated TV shows that have knitting periodically. Bob's Burgers, The Simpsons, and Futurama all have knitting involved. And it's just kind of funny when, as a knitter, I see these TV shows and there's the skein of yarn. Wow, look, she's knitting. Oh my gosh. And I get all excited and my kids laugh (laughs) at me. But it's interesting that it's seen so frequently in pop culture Mm -hmm. because obviously knitting has been around for a really long time and the resurgence of knitting in the last decade or two. Mm -hmm. So it's just an interesting subject. And there are also a lot of fiction novels about knitting or that have knitting as a central theme. And in preparation for this, I've read two recently and you read one of them as well. Right. Yep. So one of them was The Knitting Circle by Anne Hood, which was published in 2008. That's the one we both read. And then I also read a book called Knitting a Novel by Anne Bartlett. What was your opinion of The Knitting Circle? I think she took every cliche ever associated with knitting and threw it in there. I think she did too. (laughs) Which is not to say that it wasn't a good story. That was the thing. I liked it from a storytelling perspective, but I had nightmares. I was going to say there was a lot of tragedy, tragedy in that book, which mm, it was a little over the top. It was a little over Mm -hmm. the top. Yeah. You couldn't be a character in this book unless you had had some and I mean extreme tragedy Very happened extreme. to you. Mm-hmm. I mean, talk about... Everybody has sad things that happen to them, but this was tragedy. The next level. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I recommended it to Charlene, and I told her when I handed it to her that I liked the storytelling, but that it was depressing. So to, to <laughs> yeah. proceed accordingly, and I, I literally... well. It wasn't a nightmare. It wasn't a dream, but I can have had an anxiety attack before Mm -hmm. I fell asleep the other night, panicking, thinking, what if something like this happened to me and my family? So I don't know if I really recommend it. So (laughs) there of the knitting books I've read. So knitting a novel, didn't like that one either, but a lot of them where knitting is kind of central, they do all the cliches, like the Friday night knitting club. I detested that book. Friday Loved Night Knitting it. Club was another series that I wanted to mention, too. Also tragedy-type mm-hmm. story, bringing people together. Not necessarily all bad, but focused on bad, I kind of feel like. Yeah. What happened? I mean, knitting brings me joy. I don't. And yes, knitting does help and me. And it, it brings them joy in the story as well, but... A lot of the focal point is negative. Is negative. Yeah. yeah. The other series that I wanted to mention is the Blossom Street series by Debbie oh, Maycomer. Right. I've never read any of those. I read these, oh, I want to say, and I haven't, I realized when I looked it up tonight, I realized that the series has gone on without me. I mm-hmm. haven't gone back and read the ones that she wrote subsequently after I read the beginning of the series. And I want to say I'm, I probably read the first maybe between three and 
five books of the series. Oh, I really, you've read a lot of them. I really can't remember how many I've read. That's that's the bad thing because it's been so long. I I would like to go back and read the rest of the series, and now I don't know. Do I go back and reread Start them? Because yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I want to do that either. But as I recall, this one had some bad events that happened to people, but I don't recall it being of the magnitude and quantity of tragic events that happened in some of the other books. Okay, so a manageable, like a real life scenario. It, I, that's where... the way it felt to me, more okay. like real life. Yeah. but And she even has her own yarn. She has her own yarn. Her... She has released pattern books. And I can't remember, does she own a yarn store? Yeah, I can't, don't quote me on that. Maybe it might just be the line of yarn. I remember seeing her one year at Stitches in a booth that was selling her yarn. Yeah. yeah. I've The other thing I wanted to mention about Craftlet and Heather Ordover, she is the editor of a series of three books. Oh, that's right. What Would Madame Defarge Knit? What Would Madame Defarge Knit 2? And Defarge Does Shakespeare. Mm. So those are different designers who write an essay related to literature and knitting and a pattern that is associated with that essay. So very interesting if you are a literature buff at all, some really pretty patterns. And just, I like that idea of the intersection of literature and knitting and designing knitwear. Thank you for sticking with us for a little longer than our normal episode. And I wish you guys could see the beautiful, beautiful lights on the sailboats because they've just been mesmerizing this whole time. And I took some photos, and if you have never looked at our show notes before, please go take a look at our show notes at yarniacs.com, and I'll put some photos up of the pretty lighted boats. And that's also a great place to find links to all of the projects and patterns we talk about. Charlene links to everything, so <laughs> you don't have to try to remember or write it down, especially if you're driving, don't write it down, but you can always go to yarniacs.com and click on things. That's so. a good point to make that a lot of people have said when they listen to podcasts, they feel like they want to stop driving or stop what they're doing to go look. If you are driving or doing something, don't worry about it because you can always, when you're sitting at your computer or sitting on your sofa with your iPad, you can always go to our show notes and all the links will be there. Yep. She does it very well, I must <laughs> say. So again, thanks for sticking with us this long. I hope you enjoyed the episode and we'll see you in two weeks. Bye-bye. Bye. Happy, happy knitting. You can find our podcast on iTunes at Yarniax Podcast. Visit our blog with show notes at yarniax.com. We have a friendly and engaging Yarniax Podcast Ravelry group. My Ravelry name is Knitter Ninja Shar. Gail's is Gaily Whaley. You can follow us on Twitter at Yarniacs or on Instagram at Yarniac and at Gaily Whaley.